Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint, and with me today, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jim. JJ, and we're not just in the ordinary Dwight Dye <laughs> no, studio today, not. are we? We're on no. the road, and we're so excited to be in a restaurant here in the American heartland. It's the week of Thanksgiving, and we're going to dine. We're going to have some I'm good so food. I'm so excited. Talking and eating, what could be better? What could be, I mean, it's real life. It and is. And we also have at our table none other than the Jared Powell. Hello. Jared is not often seen or heard here at CBH, but he's our tech meister. He <laughs> is a producer. He knows how to manage all the technical side of our uh, production, and, and we're so glad to have Jared with us. And bloopers. He makes it all sound good. Uh, and Jared and JJ and I are here celebrating this Thanksgiving week, and we're looking forward to some really delicious, delicious food. Now, Thanksgiving is a holiday that is uh, unique to some countries in the United States. It's celebrated here late in November. In Canada, it comes in October, and there are some other countries around the world that have this day set apart to remind us to give thanks, and to give thanks to God for all the ways He's provided for us and given us life. When we come back, we're going to enjoy some good food, and we're going to see how actually dining together, praying together, and thanking God together, and blessing a meal even, can open our eyes to things that otherwise we would have never known. Stay with us. My main course hasn't arrived at the table just yet, but there's something about just even expecting food. Looking at the menu, just, the description makes me alive. Yes, it's <laughs> so know, exciting. When you think about a Thanksgiving dinner, I'm not even there yet, but I know what we're going to have at the table and just visualizing it, imagine it, gives me some forward motion. Salivating. That's, that's really something about <laughs> food that it's compelling. Is, is compelling. And it's not just about the food, though. It's about the company. It's the relationships the food brings. Because honestly, every now and then we have meals by ourselves. Some people live alone and they're accustomed to dining alone. What really gives us forward motion, though, is not just the food itself. It's the context. It's the table talk. It's the friendship. It's the conversation and just the sharing together of something that is wonderful. I mean, I could make a turkey any time of the year, but it's just not as fun it's unless I know I'm going to share it with people. And today, I'm looking forward to some chicken pot pie. Ooh. I mean, you know, well, when I talk about sharing, I mean, I want to share with you in conversation, your... but you're not touching my pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about just being together and sharing a meal that's really powerful. And we can see that in the scripture, can't we? We sure can. JJ, can you think of some stories where Jesus is actually giving us some of the most important teaching, some of the most important truth ever heard in this world, but it happens around a meal? Oh, he certainly was eating dinner with tax collectors and talking about salvation coming to their house and the beauty of their gifts for him and their hospitality to him. Um, he took a little boy's lunch and showed how God has mastery and control over all that ever was and provides for all of our needs. Mealtime was very important to Jesus. Actually, if you got a yellow highlighter and read through the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John Gospels in the New Testament and just highlighted all the places where Jesus is talking, he's visiting, he's teaching around a table, it's astonishing. Well, and let's not forget, perhaps the most sacred emblems of our Lord's life and death, famously, the Last Supper. Yes. Where Jesus teaches about his body being broken, his blood being shed, about the new covenant, the way in which he helps us remember for all time this sacrifice on the cross. And he does it in the context of a meal. 
And even though we reenact that meal in a very kind of representational way in our church meetings in Holy Communion, tiny pieces of bread, little bits of the shared cup, the truth is the whole thing was born at an elaborate meal, at a Passover supper. I really love that imagery, too, of the disciples sitting around the table talking with one another, and then Jesus picks up these emblems and he gives them meaning. It all was in the context of their relationship and their friendship with one another. And then right in the middle of that, he shares truth. Translates something wholly ordinary and turns it into something extraordinary. This is the genius of Jesus. Well, as we think about that, we often sit down to meals, though, and I think most people in the world will sit down, they'll look forward to a meal, they understand the beauty of of just company and friendship and family around a table, but they don't often think about before we eat, we bless the meal. And that's a custom also in the Scripture where the meal is blessed. This is as if to say the meal is acknowledged as coming as a gift from God. We often think we worked hard for that, I prepared it, I went out and earned money with which I could buy the food. We see the food as consequent to our effort. And there is a part of that that may be true. But no matter where the food comes from, how hard you've worked, what you've paid for it, in the end, it is a gift from God. It is nourishment. And we must always pause, it seems to me, and thank God for the meal, for the food. The scripture tells us anything that we can thank God for can nourish us. And so blessing the meal a prayer of blessing, a table grace, is a really important part, it seems to me, of life. And whenever we eat, and we all eat every day, it's a good time to just pause and remember, wait a minute, I have received from God gifts that I don't always deserve, and I have life that God gave me. All of this custom, which is grounded in Scripture, has another powerful dimension that I think is too little recognized. And as we approach this Thanksgiving week, I'm hoping that our listeners will be able to embrace this as they go to their Thanksgiving tables. And that is, when you literally stop and pray and bless a meal, you'll be able to see. You'll be able to see spiritually and to see physically things that otherwise you'll miss. You're thinking, wow, what are you talking about? When we come back, we're going to read a passage from the scripture that helps us understand unequivocally, that when food is put before God and we thank Him for it and we bless it, our eyes are open to see things that otherwise we may never recognize. We'll be right back. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not.
Jennifer Wilson, how was your meal so far? <laughs> oh, delicious. I mean, I saw some wonderful stuff on your plate. I had some delicious potatoes and stuffing and chicken, and uh, there's more to come. I'm telling you, the chicken <laughs> pot pie I had, the crust, I mean, that's really what pie's about, Super isn't it? The crust. Yeah. It was so delicious. <laughs> really, really thankful. Yes, thankful. And right here on our restaurant table, the proprietors of this family-owned business, which is very large, have uh, put a prayer out. What does that say, JJ? A prayer from the Psalms. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. They're great words and they're timeless truths. And that brings us actually to our text today, because as we're thinking about the Thanksgiving time, about the power of sitting down and enjoying a meal together, about the relationships that a good meal can bring, how healthy it can be, how important it is to bless the food before you enjoy it, to thank God for providing it. That's at the heart of Thanksgiving, and it's actually at the heart of Christian living. There's a famous story that we don't often associate with the Thanksgiving holiday. It usually more often is heard at Easter time. It's in Luke chapter 24, and it talks about two people, two men, good guys. They're a bit confused. They're perplexed. They're troubled, actually, by current events. The world seems to be unraveling around them, and they're going to go through a journey, and it's only at the end of the narrative where they sit down to have food together, and the meal is blessed that their eyes are open to see the reality of amazing power and goodness all around them. But it's at that moment of blessing the food that their hearts and their minds are open. Now, 
Working backward, let's take the story from the top. This is Luke chapter 24, beginning with 13. I'm going to start reading, JJ, and then you pick it up. That same day, and we're here referring to the first Easter Sunday, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. Let's just pause right there. Jesus walks up. It's the resurrected Jesus, and there's some mysteries about just how he presents himself as a resurrected individual, but God here has closed their eyes. They don't recognize who he is, even though he's come alongside and starts talking to them. Jesus asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who has not heard about all the things that have happened these last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and our other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then, some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. But then Jesus said to them, and what does he say? You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And by this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, Stay with us. Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens his will to make known the wicked oppressing now cease from distressing sing praises to his name he forgets not his
JJ, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they are together. That's important. In their grief, in their confusion, they are in company with one another. They didn't isolate themselves. And I think all of us need to remember that. And at holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up thereafter, we sometimes want to just withdraw because the world is a mess up and we may be suffering grief or loss and we want to just be alone. But that's the time when you need to be with other people. And so they're walking along, they're sharing their grief together, and that's important. But they're very confused. And what's interesting about the story to me is they have the scriptures. They have all this knowledge. They're not completely oblivious to the hand of God at work in their world, but because their expectations have not been met, because events have unfolded in a way they can't understand, suddenly they're thrown into deep despair and doubt. Did you catch that phrase when Jesus asked, why are you so troubled? And they said, well, we had hoped. They right. had hopes. They had expectations. They had created in their mind the way things should be. And it wasn't playing out just what they had imagined, even though in reality, what was happening was greater than anything they could have imagined. They were at a loss because they couldn't wrap their arms around events as they had unfolded. All they could see was the brokenness of it. And that goes on for a while. Jesus starts talking about the scripture. And I've always been impressed by Jesus takes the same scriptures and helps them to see it differently. I mean, sometimes we read things and we think we, we have all the answers, but we don't actually. Jesus uh, opens the scriptures and, and helps them understand things, the same events, the same facts, the same scriptures, but he reframes it for them. He helps them understand it correctly. It's a warning for all of us who think we always have all the answers and, boy, this is what we were taught and this is what we know. Truth be told, many things will happen in life and be fulfilled, and we will then glorify God when they're fulfilled, even when we didn't understand it in the moment we lived it. I mean, truly, it had to be such an amazing moment for them. Here they were, so sad, so confused. Here comes this guy. They're kind of put off by him at first because... He acts like he doesn't know what's been going on. But can't you imagine, I'm just imagining here, that Jesus is kind of like giggling inside, like, I can't wait to tell them what's really going to happen. And they stayed with them. They stayed at this conversation with them as he unfolded all of these things and gave them a, a real gift of, of a new perspective on what they had experienced and who this Jesus was. And we learn here that Jesus is a great listener. Mm -hmm. Even though he knows the answers, he allows them to process. And that's so important. And we might want to remember that this Thanksgiving as people come to our table who may have some things to share. We may already know how it's going to resolve. Yes. But it's good to let people share themselves, their journey. It's so important to empathize with people. I mean, he noticed their sadness. Why are you sad? And talked with them. And then he, he did offer them the truth and reframe things for them. Sometimes we jump to that before we really listen to where people are. He shared it at the time they could hear it. Yes. But that brings us to actually the very turning point in the story. And that has to do with this gift of a meal. They're hospitable. Never underestimate your own power of hospitality mm. to show you something supernatural and blessed. They invite him to dinner. He stays. And it's at this singular moment before they actually eat where Jesus covers the food with his own hands. He takes the bread in his own hands and he blesses it. It's in this minute, this prayer of blessing, this table grace, this thanksgiving to God for the food, it's then that their eyes are opened. 
This is a detail we often overlook. The power of that humbling experience where we just acknowledge God as our provider, that we are dependent on Him, that we thank Him, and we ask His blessing on what we are about to ingest so that our bodies can work as instruments in His hand. All of that has huge power. And I think too often we miss blessings and we don't often see Jesus at our table. We don't see Jesus walking right beside us. We don't see the power of God up close and personal because we so routinely take life and imagine that we don't have to pause and give thanks. And right here, these men on the road to Emmaus are going to be changed forever because at their table, in their house, there was observed the custom of giving thanks. Suddenly, Jesus disappears. And as he does, they are absolutely giddy. They're overcome. They are so excited. Well, wouldn't you be? Well, yes. Here they were talking and missing and wondering, and the very person that was with them was the one they were grieving over. All their questions had the living answer right (laughs) in their company, and suddenly at the table, Grace, they see it. And they run back, and they, they proclaim to everyone that they see, yes, Jesus really is alive. The process of giving thanks opened up for them the reality of the resurrection. This Thanksgiving, wherever you are, at whatever table you dine, don't underestimate the power of giving thanks before you eat, not just for the holiday, but every day, every meal. But this Thanksgiving especially, make it a kind of an experiment. Take a deep breath before the family dives in, before the food is consumed. Just take a deep breath and say to everyone, even if it's not the custom in the house, could we just stop and could we bless this food, thank God for it, and ask Him to bless this meal? You might stop everything for a moment. You may even get an eye roll. But I promise you, there is spiritual power in the exercise. And we're going to pray right now. We want to invite you to join us and experience a spirit of humble prayer with us, and we know the Lord is going to hear, and He will honor our prayer. Join us. Our Father, at this season of the year, at this Thanksgiving time, we just want to pause and give you thanks. We first want to give you thanks for the food that we are going to eat. We know, Lord, that it has been earned in a way. We have worked and earned money with which to buy it at this restaurant. Maybe there's a meal taking place within the sound of my voice where the work has been done by their own hands preparing the meal and so on. However it comes to the table, the Lord, we want to stop and say thank you because you have given us life, you've given us ability, you've given us opportunity, you have made a way for us to have food, food that can nourish our bodies. We want to thank you also for a table at which to dine and for friends and family with others with which we can share a meal. May we never forget the power and beauty of just being in the company of one another. We thank you for all the ways Jesus enjoyed good meals and good friends and good conversation. May that be replicated in our houses this Thanksgiving time. And Lord, we ask that you will not only just hear our prayer of Thanksgiving, but that you will actually proactively bless our food, bless our meal and our table. With your blessing, Lord, we pray there'll be a covering of life that you will protect us from any attempt the enemy might make to rob or steal or take away And may we have a moment at the table where we experience your presence. May the resurrection power of Jesus, may the company of Jesus be seen as we give you thanks and ask you to bless our meal. This Thanksgiving, Lord, may we never forget that we are yours and that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. May we see you and know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, wherever you are in life, 
whatever your plans are for this Thanksgiving holiday, we want to challenge you. Pause before the meal and ask God to join you and to bless. You want to know more about how you can do that or how you can relate to this magnificent resurrected Jesus? Give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we're by the phone. We're anxious to hear from you. You can also find us on the internet at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry. You can send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you give us a call, go online, or use the Postal Service, let us hear from you this week. We are so thankful. Yes, we're thankful. Deeply. that you've taken your time to tune in and listen to Viewpoint with us. Thanks for coming to our table, so to speak. Uh-oh, dessert. Now we're talking. <laughs> I feel like I need to stop and pray again. This is awesome. <laughs> Sorry Wish I can't share my, bite of the my triple brownie or the strudel. <laughs> Jared and I are going to be real men with these scoops of ice cream and fudge. Sorry, I'm going to eat it all myself, but we hope that you'll find some somewhere. <laughs> and we hope that your Thanksgiving is more than blessed. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, be encouraged. Jesus is the subject. He is alive and he's close by. Invite him to dine with you. Stay tuned and happy Thanksgiving.